0: Hey, this is another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. And I'm so excited today to bring Lisa Mannion on. Lisa and I have been colleagues for years and years and years. I think we were together at a live event like three or four years ago and had this like, oh my God, we really like each other. We should connect more moments, right? And then I finally reached out and said, you've got some stories that we need to share. So Lisa, I'm so happy that you are here. And I can't wait for my folks to hear you.
1: Thank you. I'm so delighted that you invited me. It's great to be here.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, so why don't you start by telling us what you do and what you love about it? Because I know you've sure. kind of repositioned your business a little bit. So,
1: well, sure. You know, I I focus mainly on on two things. I own Right on Creative, which has been around for a very long time. I mean, it'll be well since 2003. So you could do the math. Math's not my nope. thing. I'm a word girl. But basically. I pioneered a values-based challenge solution and invitation communication framework so that people can create marketing messages with integrity with a focus on passion points. And that excites me because we don't have to poke at pain points and be weird. We can be real and authentic and connect (laughs) and it
0: works. I mean the old days of agitate, <laughs> that whole, like, like you let's make them feel like they're a piece of shit and then they're going to buy from us.
1: That's not working anymore. <laughs> no. See, that's exactly what inspired me to do what I do and flip the script so that people could remove those energetic blocks and quite frankly, the brainwashing and harm that was done from those antiquated techniques. Oh my
0: techniques. gosh, I know. Ooh, girl, we're going to talk about that before we wrap up. Right, but, right. Whew, so, yeah, I just, I've got goosebumps when I'm like, aha, uh-huh, there's a lot of harm, a lot of predatory stuff in this industry. And so I love that you and me are kind of leading that you don't have to do it. You don't have to sell your soul. You don't have to do it in a way that feels so against your integrity and your values. So.
1: Yeah. And that, you know, that really became even more important to me because my other focus is inspiring people to heal with love. And that's pretty important.
0: So talk about that. I know you have a story.
1: So why don't you just dive in right there? I do. I do. And I'm, I'm, finally slowly but surely sharing more about it but Mm. um i'll just start by by saying facing mortality is not for the faint of heart yeah in 20 in 2017 i received a um, life-altering diagnosis Um, Mm. i was told that i had a a quite aggressive throat cancer and so imagine a person who who makes a living using your voice being told guess what, you've got a giant tumor in your throat, and it's cancer. So I went on a really big journey. And quite frankly, it was the biggest miracle of my life. And many people think Mm. that I'm crazy when I say that. But it is true. It is true, because I had to really lean into my faith. I had to look really closely at how I was how I was treating myself. Mm-hmm. how i was showing up in the world and one of the questions to myself throughout all of it was oh my gosh like, did i kill myself for this and, and what is this
0: wow wow okay so everybody just take a breath this is big stuff right so lisa i can't i have not had that experience so walk us through you, you i'm assuming you couldn't work as much and i'm assuming you know there's i'm going to call it the metaphysical mind fuck like there could be the, what did I do to create this? Right. Oh, yeah, so there's there was a lot of that. Right. So there's loss of income, loss of like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm a young woman. What the heck? Did I create this? So how does one? And so if you're listening, you don't have to have gotten a cancer diagnosis to be at this point that Lisa was at. This is a loss. This is a challenge. So, so walk us through like how you navigated that, because that just that journey alone would be tremendous.
1: Yeah, so the biggest piece was faith and and straight up connecting directly with source. And I received a message that was absolutely divinely guided that told me I would heal with love. And I thought, I am so down with that because guess what? The alternative does not sound fun. And I was guided to keep everything very quiet in my sacred sphere of influence and to follow the threads. You know, I was led to everything that I needed to do to help heal myself. Mm-hmm. so one of the things, you, you know, you touched on, gosh, you probably couldn't work. Well, no, I had a transoral robotic throat surgery, and so I couldn't speak for several weeks. Um, so that I was in the hospital for six days on a feeding tube. Wow. You know, there oh were a lot of things that, that went on and, and no, I, I couldn't work during that time. Thankfully, mm-hmm. I had really fantastic retained clients and things that were in place and mm-hmm. automations and things like that to carry me through. But what I learned, and I think this is really important for all of us, and especially women, because and especially women who are doing it on our own, what I found is that it's really important to redefine our relationship with self, with health, and with wealth. And so getting really clear on how you can nurture yourself and in my opinion, amplify your direct connection with source. Mm. Be leaning into that faith. That to me was huge and a lifesaver. Um, Health, the reason I'm here today is because I course corrected my entire lifestyle. So for a while I quit, I call them my four favorite food groups. They're not really food groups, but you will understand coffee, wine, chocolate, and cheese like <laughs> cold turkey. There yes. was a time where I thought that alone would kill me. I'm not kidding. I really That's a did big
0: ask, right? <laughs> that, that
1: was. And what I knew is that I needed to reset everything about my body. Mm-hmm. I had actually become technically obese for my frame. I was 189 pounds, which was technically obese. So that extra weight was not helping. Um, eating any type of processed food, because it's not Mm. real food was not helping all of that. So I did lots of cleansing, started juicing, started eating, you know, all just pure, clean food Mm -hmm. and, you know, resetting. So that was a big piece. So just reminding everyone, take charge of your health, commit Mm -hmm. to you, you've got to do that. And then we'll get to the wealth piece, because that's huge. And what I know to be true is that, you know, we're often told that we're supposed to have, you know, a three month cushion for an emergency. Well, Mm -hmm. I had a real emergency Mm -hmm. and a three month cushion does not cut it. And Mm -hmm. even with the best healthcare and and health insurance in place, uh, it doesn't cover what you really need to heal. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, you know, my, um, surgery was covered. So that's fantastic. And that was huge. And I'm grateful for that. However, everything else that I did, you know, energy, healing, sound therapy, uh, meditations, massages, eating real clean food, none of that is is -hmm. prescribed expenses, right? Yeah, it's it's not prescribed. And it's also not covered. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to look at where you are um, and set yourself up for success and think about, you know, we get so caught up into the day-to-day activities and the minutia of life and all of that, that we forget to really create security for ourselves. So I'm rebuilding all of that. I mean, that all happened in in 2017. And I'm thankful that I have loving parents that supported me through it Mm -hmm. and really great friends. And you know, it, it, it definitely changed me forever.
0: Wow. So talk about the changes when you said facing mortality is not, you know, not for the faint of heart, basically. How, how does that change? Well, can I ask you how old were you when you got that diagnosis?
1: Oh, let me think about that. You can ask me that. And I, <laughs> I know was, it's a math
0: problem. Oh, Sorry. Oh, don't ask me about
1: math. No, so let's, let me think about this. It was in, I was diagnosed actually in um, May of 2017. Uh, so um, I'm like, how many years ago was that? So I was 48.
0: Okay. okay. So, so, so a woman in her forties is mm-hmm. given a very scary diagnosis. Because we don't expect 40-year-olds to get cancer.
1: So. I Yeah, I didn't think that in a million years that I had cancer. In fact, I had to fire a doctor. Here's another fun lesson for everyone: You can fire doctors. I <laughs> mean they're um, not gods? What are you talking about? They're not, and they stay in their lane. And honestly, um, I knew something was growing in my throat. I felt it. My airway was, was closing off. It was a rapid-growing uh, tumor. It started as a tickle in um, mm-hmm. the end of... Well, beginning of April, actually. And then by by the beginning of May, when when I finally by by the beginning of May, when I finally got into the ENT to have a a scope and a biopsy, um, it had grown to the size of a walnut. So it was over two centimeters big and it was closing off my airways. And the doctor that I had been seeing, I kept saying to her, I don't know what's wrong. Something's wrong. And I want to get to the root cause. And of course, they're not necessarily into getting to the root cause, which was also an issue Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And finally, she, she first told me that she thought it was an abscess tooth, which I knew it wasn't. I'm like, this is not an abscess tooth. Not that I've ever had one, but I just knew it wasn't. And then she finally asked me, um, do you think you have cancer? Mm. And I thought, Mm WTF? Why are you asking me this? Because quite frankly, I am highly intuitive. I'm very tapped in. I knew mm-hmm. something was wrong, but a little thing that precludes me from giving that kind of diagnosis is, I don't know, never going to medical school.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Silly you. I'm a copywriter. I can't diagnose this stuff. Oh my
1: God. Right. Give me, give me marketing strategy. Yes. Give there me copyright all, all, all day long. All day and long, I, yeah. I can wordsmith and I can help you map out revenue streams. That's no problem. But <laughs> diagnosis, not necessarily. So <laughs> oh, God. yeah, yeah, it was, it was, um, that I, the weird thing was, because I received that message telling me that I was going to heal with love, I wasn't scared. Mm-hmm. I was I was really oh. rolling in the mode of love, not fear, which I know is the only way to stay in in control mm-hmm. and to stay in healing mode because fear causes stress and pain mm-hmm. and anxiety, and, and, hurts and the body. yeah, it's just not good for us. So, oddly, I was really at peace. However, once she asked me if I thought I had cancer, I was sitting in inquiry before I could get into the ENT because I was like, well, am I just being delusional? Like, did this divine download really happen? Am I going to heal with love or am I going to like kick it tomorrow, you know? Like, I didn't know. I just didn't know. So that's when I was kind of sitting in my office and I was like, wow, did I kill myself for this? And what is this? And is this how I want my life to look?
0: Mm. So there's a couple of things there. Number one, sometimes in the medical system, it's what I what I'm hearing is that you had to have your own advocacy. Like you had to fight for were there were there friends or family or other people that were like, just but they're the doctors, just go along. Like, did, did you have to fight anybody in your life?
1: No, because they okay. have a pretty strong personality okay. and I'm very, you. very clear about They're not gonna that. mess. Yeah. Um, I will share kind of an interesting, an interesting story, a touching story about my dad. He was, he was really worried and he tends to trust the medical profession and I tend to not. (laughs) And so he was so concerned and I, you know, I had to remind him, dad, you know, worry is literally a prayer for what you don't want. I Mm -hmm. promise you it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I know I feel it in my body that it's going to be okay. So I just need you to believe that it's gonna be okay. And I sent them a card too that said that because they don't live right near me, but they came with me and went to all of the surgeries and everything with me. And so there were some people at first that thought I was a little off my rocker. I remember telling a colleague, Oh, no, I'm gonna heal this with love. And she's like, What are you even talking about? I'm like, don't really know, just following the threads. But I know that I'm gonna stay in this, in this frame, in this, in this healing space and just believe. And the interesting thing is, so with I had two surgeries. I had a mm-hmm. transoral robotic surgery. So they put a little uh, robot down my throat and went in and took out the rest of the tumor in the margins. And then you can't really see it. You can kind of see it here on my neck. I um, had a neck dissection where they had to go in and pull out some of the lymph nodes to make sure it hadn't mm-hmm. jumped the barrier. And it hadn't. And I kind of intuitively knew that. However, there was a 60% chance it was clear, 40% chance not. And I, after sitting in inquiry, being asked if I thought I had cancer and knowing that that caused a little bit of angst, even though I was staying yeah. pretty zen, that I probably yeah. needed to do that. And my doctor said, you're so, or my surgeon, he said, you're so stubborn. I thought at first you weren't going to do that. I said, well, intuitively I knew, but at mm-hmm. the same time, I didn't want to have. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So. so
0: how does, if somebody's facing a situation where, cause, cause what I love is you had a knowing that you, be, you you got told that you would be healed, and you got told the way out, and it was the lifestyle changes, at leaning into the faith, just the love. But if somebody also has, oh my God, what if it doesn't work? Like you know, because there's always the intruding thoughts. There's either the the naysayers and the in out there, but more so our own fears that kick up. So how right. did you navigate? Maybe you didn't have it a lot, but I know you know this works. So
1: right.
0: how would you help somebody? I, I know the solution. I know it's going to be fine, but holy shit, what if it's not? Like, how do you live with the dichotomy of the both? How do you help them through that?
1: So, gosh, for me, it was kind of twofold. First of all, yeah. I was guided to keep it within my sacred sphere of influence. And, and yeah. you know, I've got a lot of connections on social media. But what I know to be true about that is not everyone is truly my champion that's connected right. to me right. on social right. media. So when you're healing, I believe that it's a very sacred thing. And so I kept it. I mean, I didn't, a lot of people didn't even know till after the fact, and they were really kind of mad because they wanted to be there. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but like, I was was saving my life. So I kind of had to focus on that. Right. So
0: trust your boundaries. That's number one, right? Big time Your boundaries and trust and don't feel guilty for Mm -hmm. not.
1: Type. And then the internal thing. I mean, we we all need to figure out our own practices and our own work mm. and how we're going to. You know, meditation is huge for me. Journaling is huge for me. Walking in nature, seriously, nature mm. is my medicine. Mm-hmm. That's big. Mm-hmm. But keeping that really positive mindset is is imperative, and it is a challenge. Mm. I mean, I had a few meltdowns. Um, yeah. The night of the diagnosis, I, I may or may not have drank a bottle of Prosecco <laughs> that I had saved to celebrate <laughs> and it wasn't really a celebration, but I had a good cry and some bubbles. You were I, I was like, I'm yeah. not going to be able to drink for a while. I'm going to have to change everything. And, and also you. maybe this is it. So the other thing yeah. is surrender and gratitude. Ooh. So yeah. I, I, when I was sitting in my office prior to diagnosis, I was like, okay, God, wow. if this is it i guess this is it but thank you for a really beautiful life oh i'm super super excited that i've been able to do all the things that i've done there's only a few things that i haven't done that i want to do and if this is it okay thank you but i don't think it is and i bet that you have more for me to do And if you do just show me and let's do it yeah so i'm going to backtrack a little bit because there's a big piece to that um Part of me being delivered the message that I was going to heal with love actually Mm -hmm. came two years prior to my diagnosis. So speaking of divinely driven things, I was sitting in my office, once again, is where I spend a lot of my time because, hey, you're self-employed. That's what you do. And I got a message out of the blue. Well, not really out of the blue because I get, I call them divine downloads or or God nudges all of the time. Mm -hmm. And I got the message that said, and this was in August of 2015, I got a message that said you're going to write a book. It's going to be called Spiritual Sugar. And it's going to be about healing with love. And I thought, again, it was like a WTH moment. Whoa, (laughs) you've already given me this big marketing with integrity charge. I've been doing that for over a decade. It's finally catching on. Thank God. You know, I don't know anything about this. And it was like, write it down. So I journaled about it and set it aside. And then when I got that other message two years later in my office, when I was sitting in inquiry, that I was going to heal with love it reminded me of that. And I went and pulled out the journal and of course the domain was available. So I bought it. I have the site spiritualsugar.com up now. And I also have my story in the number one international bestseller, the silver line of cancer
0: that's available Mm. on the site.
1: So I share that only because this is a really inspiring book. It features stories of 13 women, including myself who have faced cancer in some degree Mm. and how they have shared coping mechanisms so while I can share what I did
0: yeah
1: it's not how other people are going to do it always I have a friend right now that's facing this and she has a very big persona as well and she's sharing all over Mm -hmm. social and that's okay because that's giving her what she needs Mm -hmm. so you have to really trust what what you need personally and I'm writing I'm in the process of writing the full spiritual sugar book now, because now I do know a thing or two about healing with love. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing this. You know, I it's, I think everybody is terrified of hearing those words. You have cancer.
1: Oh my gosh. And I feel like,
0: I feel like if, and this is just my bias, I will claim that. I think if you just subject yourself to whatever the oncologist says and you um, subjugate your authority, your knowing, and you just disconnect from your body. And now it becomes just, you know, you're a tumor stage X and that's all you focus on. I don't know that the outcome is going to be as good as yours. And so I love that you embodied all of it, literally the mind, body, spirit. Like you, you literally said, "Uh uh-huh. And I'll, and I'll take some of your medicine. I'll take your surgeries and I'll do the diagnostics. And, the natural healing that I know to be true is here. And so what a beautiful embodiment of that, darling.
1: Two things. I did surgery, but I didn't do anything else. Meaning I didn't do chemo or radiation. That was my choice. That's what I chose for my body. And my body's different from everyone, everyone else. So you mm-hmm. have to, you have to make your own decisions, but right. yeah, that's exactly right. And you said something about, um, you know, just taking what the doctor tell you at face value. That can be pretty dangerous. And in fact, you know, we've all heard about placebos. Mm-hmm. There's something also called a nocebo. It's very bad. Which means <laughs> You've got no help, no hope, right? And some people, there have been studies that have been done, because of course I've dug in and done a little bit yeah. of research around all this, where people are given an expiration date yeah. with a misdiagnosis. They don't even have a life-threatening illness, but because they believe in their mind that they do and that they are going to pass at this specific time they do that's the power of the mind. And I share that it's kind of a morbid uh, example. And at the same time, it's really important because the power of our mind and our heart and our Mm -hmm. spirit for healing is really incredible. We were designed to heal ourselves. Mm -hmm.
0: I love that. You know, and I I like to speak about the, the, the feminine angle. I think a lot of women, especially women over 40, we're trained, well, the doctor knows best, listen to the doctor, like go along, don't be such a bitch. Why are you stirring the pot? And and so your story of not giving away your authenticity and your integrity and your, what you knew, and sometimes firing a doctor, sometimes fighting a doctor, sometimes taking a piece of what they say. I feel like old codependency or old trauma can really interfere with people's like the this right this moment, you need to not worry what if you're going to hurt your doctor's feelings. <laughs> like if your if your intuition is screaming at you, uh, uh-uh, wrong, 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 wrong. Don't go. Well, he's a doctor, and I'd feel bad. Like you have to find your own authority. You have yes. to be your expert. So speak for a minute about that, and then we're yeah. going to jump into the markets. No, marketing. totally.
1: Yeah, you you do have to be your own authority, and you do have to take charge of your health. Period. Yeah. I can't stress that enough. Now, the doctors know their stuff, but they stay mm-hmm. in their lane. I mean, mm-hmm. on average, doctors get about maybe two weeks worth of nutritional training. So they don't even know right. what they don't know. It's not their fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't want to trust any other surgeon than the surgeon who did my surgery. However, we didn't agree on different, different things around mm-hmm. diet and all of that because it just wasn't his lane. That's right. okay. Right. So you do have to be very resolute and tune into your inner knowing, your intuition, and Mm -hmm. really start to listen to your body. I mean, we're all on autopilot so much. I was so out of my body. I didn't even realize Mm -hmm. how out of my body I was. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, it's, you know, I think if you're a mom, you'd fight to the death for your child. But I think as adult women, we get into, oh, I don't want to make waves. Right. And so make the freaking waves. So, anyway, talk you about have making
1: waves. You have yeah.
0: to. It's your freaking life. Okay. So, talk about making waves. We're going to just, wasn't that a nice segue? Bill, You're good. Bill, you. Segue <laughs> into, you know, we talked at the beginning of, of the call about th- there, there's, I have a friend that calls it bro marketing or that's kind of the old ways of um, manipulating people to buy. And there are a lot of us who are like, ah, you don't have to, you know, stab them in the eye and tell them they're going to be a loser if they don't buy your product anymore. And so how, how do you see the industry? Because if we can say we can heal our bodies with love, can we heal our business with love? Can we heal marketing with love?
1: What? Yes, yes, we can. Oh gosh, I'm so excited about this. (laughs) Of course we can. And part of one of my divine charges is to help heal the broken threads of humanity Oof. by teaching what I teach yeah. in the marketing arena. So well over a decade ago, when I, was, when I was rolling into the online realm, my business has been around since 2003. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a Plus while years. Yeah. Yeah. And I was listening to all of the, the gurus and the experts, really great people now, you know, well-meaning, but speaking about this problem, agitate and solve approach where you're mm-hmm. supposed to poke at those pain points and then agitate them and bring them into the depths of despair and then swoop in like a big marketing hero. And I'm like, ugh, <laughs> so it took me a while to speak up about it, but when I finally did, I mean, it was, I was featured on the cover of Aspire magazine and shared it. And then nice. Inc. magazine interviewed me. And so it really started taking off. But I mean, it's been a decade that I've been teaching this stuff. And I pioneered the, the simple values-based challenge solution and invitation framework to flip the script so people can focus on marketing with integrity and focus on those Passion points. So we don't have to poke at pain. We can instead paint a picture of possibility, bring Mm -hmm. people from where they are to where they want to be with empathy and understanding, no poking at pain points, because quite frankly, it is psychologically manipulative and it's damaging and it also can um, increase return rates and chargebacks. Mm -hmm. And that's not fun. If we want to set our business up for long term sustainability, then we need to focus on our values we need to be showing up in, with integrity we need to do what we say we're going to do and we need to do it from a place of true service because when you're following just the almighty dollar
0: yeah
1: and, and you do need to to pay attention to that because i always tell people okay let's look at your revenue stream so we can write mm-hmm. into those revenue streams and actually get you real results mm-hmm. you know by being real and connecting with people on their terms yeah um You know, it's it's important. However, people are people, not numbers. And that's another thing that, you know, people get into the numbers game. And then, you know, it's just people say that it's just business. I'm like, no, business is personal. Absolutely. Business is personal. And anytime when someone tells me it's just business, I'm like, no, you're just not a good person. And you just did something really (laughs) crappy. And so you're one of them. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not just business. You're just not a very good person.
0: Well, you know, like if you look at because so what I do, I'll just, I'm just going to pick up my pendulum here if you're listening. So what I do is if somebody crosses my desk and I'm like, Oh, that sounds like a good thing for me to do. I literally go to my intuition with my pendulum and say, is that in my highest and best? Because in the past I've done it. I'm sure everybody's done it. You get that email. That's like, Oh my God, if you don't do this in the next 24, hours. And so if it's either, if, you're going to, you're going to lose everything or they're going to save you. Like they're the only one, you know, if it feels like, Oh, finally I'll be saved. If you're looking for freaking salvation, go to church. Don't, don't spend money on a guru because that's where like, if those two feelings are, are coming in, it's not right. There's something wrong in it. If somebody paints a picture of the desire, won't it feel great? Like if, do you know what I mean? If it doesn't feel like they're either going to save you or they're vilifying you, I think to me, those are, the, those are the two ways it shows up. And so how do you, like if somebody were going to make a decision on hiring somebody, right? And they look at marketing material, what would you say either run for the hills or, oh, that feels yummy. Like what, what things need to be in there that like in your world of how you do copy and how you teach this stuff?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, when you're coming from a place of true service and you're creating any of your marketing materials just imagine you're writing a love letter to your ideal client
0: oh okay and write it to that nice. one person love letter not a yes. like, not a desperate sales pitch love right. letter right exactly I like
1: so it. and and show me like so using the challenge solution invitation framework meet people where they are with empathy and understanding don't go into the pain points and make them feel like crap because we're, we're all in enough pain. We don't need any of that. Yeah. And yeah. from there, then be sure to really, really illustrate your value proposition in your solution. So mm-hmm. whatever it is that they need. So I'll just kind of illustrate when, when I meet my peeps, my transformational leaders, authors, speakers, teachers, right. healers, um, light workers, even some corporate leaders, right? I work mm-hmm. with some corporations that retain me. They only have two things in common. If I threw all these people in the room together, they'd be going, what are we all doing here? The reason they're there together and they come to me is because, first of all, they're turned off by pain point marketing. Mm -hmm. They want to do things the right way. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, is they want to make a big difference in the world. So they're here to facilitate change and transformation. So- when I roll into my solution, I, I, all I have to do to, to, you know, meet them with empathy and understanding and say, oh gosh, so you're, you don't like the pain point marketing. Cool. Mm-hmm. Let's do passion point marketing. And then they're like, how do I do that? And I'll go, oh, Hey, I've got a solution for you. So mm-hmm. you can either work with me, you can grab my copywriting action plan. You can do all of this, but yeah. just by applying the challenge solution and invitation framework, you can flip the script and change all of that energy. And they're like, well, how do I do that? I'm like, well, let me just share an illustration. So I'm sharing this because within your solution piece, you want to not only share what, what you can do for them, but how it's changed others. So from the transformation mm-hmm. realm, what my challenge solution invitation framework does is it removes energetic blocks for people who have been stuck for decades, haven't been able to move forward in their marketing because the pain point marketing didn't resonate. So that alone is that's not a monetary um, People feel it result, but they feel it. And they get yeah. It. They're like, yeah. yeah, I get it. I want to do that. I'm like, cool. Then let's have a, let's have a consultation mm-hmm. call or do a quick start strategy session. Mm-hmm. And let's move forward. And by the time you're done sharing your solution, you've addressed them at where they are. You've mm-hmm. moved them closer to where they want to be. You've shown how you've helped facilitate change for others. It could be monetarily or whatever else and you're equipping them with the information that they need to make an informed decision. So then you just roll into the invitation, which is graceful and easy. Nice. Would you like to take the next step? Then visit nice. my website and check it out. Boom. No <sighs> hard sell
0: anything. <laughs> it's just, just like wrapped with love. Do you feel, do you feel the difference? Like I want, I love the contrast. So thank you for, for kind of delineating how it, how it can go. It yeah. doesn't have to be. And so So some of us have had to chuck our old stuff. You know, we've been around a long time. Like, whoa, I was taught this. So just if you're listening to this, I want you to be open. But if it hasn't felt right, there's another way to do it. And so, Lisa, how do people find you? And I know you've got lots of goodies on your website. So just give us your contact information so they can find you and download your goodies.
1: Yeah. So zip over to writeoncreative.com. And that's as if you're writing W-R-I-T-E, writeoncreative.com. And check it out. There's tons of great information on my blog and some fun surprises coming up soon. So check back often. Beautiful. And if
0: there's, you know, we started about your cancer journey and just knowing that if you stayed in alignment with your truth, that you would heal. And then we moved into like how we can help heal the marketing world a little bit. But is there anything else you want to say? So, like, what is your heart wanting to say right now before we wrap up?
1: Well, I want to say that this is not a dress rehearsal. And, you know, we've all probably heard that a million times, but it's really true. And use your time wisely. I mean, really use your time wisely. Yeah. Oof.
0: Well, I have used my last half hour extremely wisely getting to hang out with you, darling. And so thank you so much for sharing. Um, I, I know folks are going to really resonate with this episode. So again, you might not have had a cancer diagnosis, but you might be up against a challenge. And, and the principles are similar. Like principles, so we're not talking to people specifically with the throat cancer. I'm talking to people that are up against something where they're like, holy crap, what do I do now? And Lisa gave the steps. And so we're just going to know absolutely that love heals. We're sending you healing energy. Um, and if you enjoy this episode, send it to somebody. If you know somebody that's in this situation, send it on, share the wealth. I want this message to be just going viral, baby. All right. Peace of blessings and thank you so much. Bye now. Hey, this is Teresa. And I'm so excited that you were with us today for another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. You know, if you are inspired to get to that brilliant place, if you heard some wisdom today that made you think, yeah, I need some help in that area, I would encourage you to have a conversation with me super simple. You just go to treeskelly.com forward slash let's connect. It's a no charge, no pressure conversation. And if I can support you to clear the blocks, to really step into that brilliance, oh my gosh, it would be a delight. And I'll be honest with you. We'll just have a great conversation and see where we can take it. Peace and blessings. Bye.